Ah, you there. As they say, aha. Aha. <laughs> well, how do you like my new office? That's pretty cool, man. How did you do that? It's always I spent a couple days, literally a couple days, cleaning this out and making it usable again. It was just cluttered and unused, and the keeper was offering to help when she got back from business trip. I said, I surprised her and had it looking good. So I got my desk. Nice. Yeah. It's a small space, but it's nice. I like it. Got all the stuff in the background that you can see it. You know, some awards. It makes me look a little important. I got some family. I'm a big guy. I see you got a dollar bill there uh, framed in stuff. That's the first dollar I made as a motivational speaker. Oh, wow. With the invitation to the event, which was the secret sauce of success. I presented with a woman named Rita Coco. Oh, look at you. That's a dollar. Now, you, now you're flashing a C-note. Yeah, but that's that's not a real, real one. It's like a, a laminated thing. It's like metal. Do you remember... Um, both left an event decades ago with a million dollar bill. Who had a million dollar bill? I think that when you and I both left, didn't we? Like they had passed out thousands of them. They were a million dollar bill. I don't know, but so here's the situation right now: is you keep cutting out quite a bit more than more than normal. Yes. So maybe for Christmas, you should call Santa Claus and say, hey, can I get a new camera with a microphone that works or something? I don't think it's that. I think it's the... I have no way of knowing. You, what, do you, what do you think it is? The internet connection at the house. I don't know. So anyway... you're seeing me, you can see me. And I'm happy to invest into a, a microphone with a little lavalier, make me look fancy. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, it's uh, you're talking, and all of a sudden, four or five words just disappear. They don't. I see your your lips moving, but I don't hear nothing. No, you see my lips moving, all right. They probably are. I have a filtering system; it just drops out unimportant stuff, so it does it for me. Oh no, that's not true. Everything you say is important. So uh, we haven't talked since Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Wow, has it been that long? Yeah. Thanksgiving was interesting. I had lots of exciting plans. Nothing happened because I was passing a kidney stone. Oh, yeah, that's right. How's that going? This, this, this might be education for some of our viewers. People need to be told about health. So for like almost two weeks, this lower left back, like tightening. And cramping and I'm like I feel like I pulled a muscle I'm like what am I doing I was trying to stretch it out and it really wasn't working I'm like and it would go away and I forget about it. a couple of days they would show back up again but then the length of this cramp would like was getting lengthier and it woke me up one morning at like five in the morning and held on for like a half an hour and this is like this kind of cramp that just like takes your breath away yeah all right one morning we have these Monday morning meetings with a bunch of people there and I'm like kind of limping around the conference room like oh this is after two weeks and this friend of mine says that sounds like a kidney stone 
So I called the doctors. I left and he said, I'll see you Tuesday. This is two days before Thanksgiving. So I get in to see him. You know, I in a cup, they check that. A kidney stone is looking like one. And, uh, but I'd like to know more if we can discover this. So I want to have you go for an abdominal CAT scan, which was set up for Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. So on Thanksgiving, at five in the morning, and this cramp and it didn't let go. Oh, God. And by this point, beautiful. And we were going to Connecticut together to her son's side family. And I was going to people I'd never met. And I called at 11 o'clock in the morning, like, so the pain has subsided. I'm not a, imagine getting in a car and driving two hours. And you know, people I've never met before driving two hours home, I have no idea what's going to happen. So I sat on the couch by myself all Thanksgiving day and caught up on some movies. And ironically, then I didn't have it. Then I had the CAT scan the next day and they saw the stone. I didn't have a symptom for 11 days. And then this past Sunday night, it hit again. Monday night again, and then nothing since. I don't know what's going on. So what happens with the stones? Does it just, just dissolve, or does it actually come out? Because if it does, you should put it in a necklace and wear it. Nice wrapping a little bit. So when your friend said, it sounds like a, a kidney stone. Uh, that was the wrong word. It's, uh, it is uh, presenting like a kidney stone. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, how, how did it sound? I mean, I, I, never, I don't know what that would sound like. It was kind of a G sharp. Um, it was like, sharp. <laughs> sharp. <laughs> so apparently these only hurt if they're moving from the kidney down through the urethra uh, to be passed. And so they gave me a kind of a Flomax flow of urine to help this pass. And then you've got this little strainer cup the strainer and uh nothing yet so they can pass they normally or they can break up into dust on their own there's a lot really there's not a lot known about these things um, there's a lot of ideas that it has, it's linked to dehydration which is ironic because i've been drinking more water years of my life than i ever have not that i'm drinking enough but more than ever so I, so uh, last year and then again this year, so this is the second time that for Thanksgiving I shot my own turkey. Shot your own turkey? Yeah, but the uh, people at the frozen food section over at Walmart were all upset over it. Can't take a joke. I'm not sure what's going on there. Shotgun <laughs> pellets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that was my Thanksgiving. How was yours? Who was around? Mine was good. Uh, nobody's around anymore. I have uh, Terry's brother lives in Brandon, which is about 40 minutes from here. And he's the best cook that I know. You like him too. You told me about him. Yeah. So, the thing is that uh, we used to do uh, when Terry's parents lived here. They do it one year, then we do it, and then Virgil would do it. So you know we'd rotate. But the one one year he did it, and the next year he says, "Hey Tony, would you be upset if I did uh, Thanksgiving again?" I says, "If that's what you want to do, I'm not going to deny you that privilege." You know. <laughs> but he's really really good cook, and he, he makes awesome desserts and stuff, and he goes all out. Like, wow. You know, Terry has celiac disease, so she can't have gluten. Mm. So he makes extra um, stuffing for her. It's gluten-free, gluten-free stuffing. Yeah, and then he makes gluten. He makes, he makes stuffing with the uh, giblets or whatever. Gluten. Extra gluten? No, no, but he makes some with the giblets. He knows that oh. I don't care for that, so he makes 
three three things of stuffing. One for the with the giblets and the whole deal. Then one for Terry with the gluten free. Then one for me without the giblets. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> above and beyond the call of duty, right there. Now, do you uh, when you have a turkey Thanksgiving? Do you eat the part of the turkey that goes over the fence last? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny. I know, I know I've never really had a preference of uh, white meat versus dark meat. I just, you know, when it comes to food, people who know me well know that I'll eat anything and love it. I had a friend of mine years ago who said, how was it? I go, it was phenomenal. He goes, oh, yeah, but your opinion means nothing because you like everything. Yeah, that's good. There's very little food I don't like. But you know what part of the turkey goes over the fence last, don't you? I assume that's Yeah. A good thing that you, your camera actually, you, your microphone cut you off, so you didn't, we didn't get to hit the words you said. Brian, oh, good. Oh, so the, less, uh, less editing on your part. As long as, Je as long as Jason doesn't call in, you get less editing on your end. Yeah, if you get a call, if he calls in again, I'm going to mute him. It was a lot of was extra that, work. Was that? I think it with Jason. Huh? Seventeen A with Jason. Oh, seventeen A. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was listening to that one. You did a nice job on the edit. <laughs> that was good. That was good, yeah. Boom, gone. <laughs> I just reached for my phone to make sure it was on vibrate, and then I realized I should take it off vibrate. So I'm gonna call, we're going to take it. Yeah. Call us. Feel free to call in and ask us and tell us about your Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving feels like a long time ago, being that Christmas is, are you ready? Two weeks from today. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. How's your shopping going? What shopping? I'm usually uh, not last minute, but we're two weeks out. I would normally be starting kind of around now. And what surprised me was that I was, I'm not done with shopping, but I was done with my shopping for the Kipa on November 30th. I shocked myself and it all came together like everything and, and I got some exciting things going on which I can't talk about because you know she might watch this she might watch this yeah before oh, December 25th with Terry I always ask her like the day before so what do you want for Christmas anyway and she'll tell me what she wants to say oh man they already ran out of that I should have I should have asked you earlier <laughs> wow very cool I do have some exciting tell you about it, but uh, you know, right? Yeah. So um, I'll tell you eventually. Yeah, I think last time we talked, you we you said I should bring up the thing about me playing at the uh, playing the guitar at the prison ministry. Oh, yes. So I was going to a church over there in Fitchburg, Mass. First, tell me how this, because yeah, I remember tell, I remember hearing briefly, like, you went into these prisons and spoke to people. And so I would like to know, like, what's the backstory? Was this, like, activity, or how did you end up with this opportunity? So this one guy I was at the church I was going to in Fitchburg, this guy said to me, hey, Tony, um, you play guitar, right? The Twin City Baptist Temple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you have a good memory. <laughs> so, um, he says, yeah, I heard that you play guitar. He says, yeah. He goes, well, listen, we have a prison ministry. We okay. do it on Thursday nights we go there. He says, and I play guitar there. 
but this week I'm coming up, I'm going to be on vacation. Any chance you can cover for me? I said, well, you know, I don't know those songs. And he says, well, it's three songs, you know, three three-chord songs. I can I can get together with you for 15 minutes and show them, you know, big deal. So I did that, and I learned the three songs. It was real easy. I got there. Full band or just one, one acoustic guitar? Acoustic guitar. So I was there playing acoustic guitar, and the guys was, you know, the prisoners were all singing along and stuff for those three songs. Okay. Nice. So it was really cool. And then the preacher went up there and did his thing. Is the preacher from your church, or was he just an outside guy coming, or is he the... The, like the prison chaplain, he wasn't. A, he wasn't a regular pastor, but I think he was from our church. But anyway, he did a okay. nice. He did, so he this preached. is your into the prison guy. Yeah, so he preached. He was really good. And then afterwards, he asked the people from the prison ministry, you know, from the church, to go up and give the testimony. Oh. So he went up to give the testimony, and then he says, "How about you, Tony? Come on up." I says, "Oh no, no, I'm just here to play the guitar." Because I know the testimony is supposed to say, you know, something like, "I was." really really down my life my life was ruined and then somehow um i accepted the lord and everything changed and i was so now everything's great but i didn't have that story to tell if you know what i mean and yes didn't really go up to this. i'm trying to say no he says hey these guys want to hear your testimony come on up so you now the, the prisoner are going don't eat don't eat don't eat you know that kind of stuff so i said oh shoot so now i gotta go right so um i get up there and i'm saying what am i gonna do says so i walk up to the podium i said listen the only difference between you guys and me is that you got caught and I didn't. <laughs> but you know what happened? They all laughed because, you know. Well, you yeah, it's real when you're related to them. Yeah, so then um, afterwards, they, you know, a lot of them came up to talk to me, and I told them a few jokes, you know, how I am. And, you know, we, we just communicated. It seemed like all nice people, you know. I wasn't intimidated at all by anybody. So the following week, the guy that they normally played the guitar went on Thursday. And on Friday morning, called me up to say, Tony. I, I was up to, at the prison ministry yesterday, and I was uh, playing the guitar, and everybody was asking for you. What's going on? I says, well, he says, what did you do? I says, well, I did was relate to them. He says, how did you relate to them? I says, I told him that story about how I went up to the, give my testimony, and that's what I said. You know, the only thing you and me is that you got caught, and I didn't. He says, wow, that was pretty cool. How'd you come up with that? I says, I don't know. I just didn't, didn't have a story to tell, so I just told, you know, threw a joke in there. How'd you come up with that? How do you think I came up with it? <laughs> you know, it's funny say that your original because I have a friend of mine who's a pastor and we've talked around this and he's often said like testimony or something like I was down on my luck and I accepted the Lord and now everything's perfect it's such a horrible expectation for anybody to have and I love what you just went real and you made them feel like we're all the same yeah we're all in this together I think we talked about this you know the, the, the band the Larkin Paul the two sisters mm-hmm you ever, yeah. see the, you ever see the video of uh, Preacher Blues? You know what? You're, I had one of their albums in my system, and then you told me about that song, and I loved it, and I shared it with a few. I don't think I, I don't think I know the video. So there's some videos where they're playing live on stage, but there's also one that's really, really good with just the two of them. Checking my music now. At the studio in New York, so it's just like a, it looks like a, a library or something, and it's just the two of them playing. It's so freaking good, man. So I have an album of theirs from 2020 called Self-Made Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. These guys are really good, Larkin Poe. Um, what's the name of that song, Blues? Uh, Preacher Blues. That's actually not on this album, but I went to find that because you told me about it. They're very good. I don't know how I heard about them. I don't know. I, I saw them because uh, first video I saw them, they were with, um, on a cruise ship playing on stage with Joe Bonamassa and Paul Schaefer. Wow. 
So um, they came out and did a song with with Joe Bonamassa, and I says, "Oh, these 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 girls are really good. I got to find out more about them." So I looked them up, and I vid- I watched that video at a something studio in New York. It looks like a library, like that. Just two in a room with the outside behind, like books and <clears throat> cassettes of videos or something. It's just, but they just killed it. It's amazing. I was like, wow. So in my particular music, digital music on my phone, you can scroll down to see more by them. And I remember just talking about the church thing because here's a music video by them in 2020 called "God Moves on the Water." Huh. <laughs> okay. I don't know that. I have to get into these guys some more. So Larkin Poe is the is the name of their grandfather. I was going to ask how they. Um, I got a little write up here. Southern roots rockers Larkin Poe were formed around core members. Okay, a bit edgier and rockier than their original band. Slide guitar riffs quickly earned them comparisons to the Almond Brothers. Yeah, they're very good. So. There's our musical represent. There's our musical suggestion to our audience. There's, also, there's one song that they have called "The Mad as a Hatter." Mm. I guess the grandfather had. Um, what's the word? Mad cow disease. No, when, when people go crazy and they, you know, they're mad cow disease. No, it's not what it was. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of the word, but. Um, go crazy. Like dementia and stuff. I don't know. Something's going on. Oh. Anyway, they have a song about that that's really good too. Huh. That's cool. You know, it's funny. I, I love um, finding new music. I guess I'll use the word finding. And I, when I'm listening to music in my system, which is iTunes, when an album finishes, it just kind of will play something else that they think is from that genre. And it's not stuff I have in my library. So I'm just. Right, right. What is this? And I heard this great song I'm going to share with you, and I dare you not to like it. <laughs> you dare me not to like it? Well, because I heard it, I'm like, oh my gosh, so I went to keep it, and it's by a guy named Joseph Williams, and, it's, and I'll show you just this picture of him. It's a little like Sammy Hagar, doesn't he, with the hat? Yeah, yeah. And it's called Never Saw You Coming, and it's a cool tune. Never Saw You Coming? Never Saw You Coming by Joseph Williams. So then I did a little bit more research on this guy. I'm like, who is this person? And he plays with a couple of other guys, and there's three names in the band. Its genre is considered soft rock. And I downloaded the album. The album was not at all like this one song, so I deleted the album. But this one song is amazing. Wow. So check that out. I'll check that out. I also found some new music this week. one of them was um, so there's this drummer who I idolize. He's one of my, I guess I call him a mentor, but Mike Portner was the dream, it was the dream theater drummer for decades. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of side projects from that. And I just, you know, I, I hardly say I'm influenced by him. Um, I just love his stuff because I'm nowhere near what he is, but it's he's amazing. So he also is a fan of all sorts of music and I follow him on Instagram and he made a reference to this band saying, oh, these guys are great and they're somewhat in the progressive genre. Anyway, about one of my favorite albums of 2021. I'd never heard of them before because I downloaded the album and listened to that and that was a fun way to learn about something. But you know something? You're actually closer to him than you think you are because he sits on a, on a stool. Just like I do. Just like you do with the drums around him and he hits the drums. It's a, that's what you do. So you're, you're as, as good as you it's are. True. 
We have an awful lot in common, Mike. And yeah. <laughs> and his name is Michael and yours is Michael. Except he's a Mike and I'm a Michael. Oh. That's a hissy fit. That's a hissy fit reference. Oh, talking about the hissy fit. You're not gonna believe what happened. I called him I called him and left him a message and said, Hey, listen, don't you think it's about time that we get together for a coffee? He called me back, he was so excited that I called. Oh. We got together, we went to, to grab a bite to eat. Nice. And he was acting like nothing ever happened. Okay, that might be, if you're embarrassed, that could be one way to do it, I guess. So I, says, I says to him, so I, I can see that you don't want to talk about what happened. He says, well, no, not really. He says, I'm just so happy that you called me and that we we reconnected because you're a good guy and I really like it, you know. I says, well, the only thing I'm going to say then is what, what happened to you was you had a cognitive dissonance hissy fit. So he smiled and that was all, that was it. He didn't want to talk about it. So I said, okay, fine. So that mean we have one more one more viewer in our... But he did ask me, he says, so, so uh, are those uh, videos still on YouTube that we did with the podcast? I said, well, two of them, I, I took, I left two of them up there, but um, he says, so what are you, you still going to do them? I says, well, if you go up and look up, look up No Hissy Fit Zone on YouTube, you'll find that uh, we have 17 episodes that, we, that we've done. Nice. So he says, oh my goodness, great. He says, you know, I'm glad you're doing it because, uh, you know. Because you, you've got a lot of talent, kid. Yeah. You, you look pretty good over there, you know. <laughs> so remember I told you about the, the pizza thing with my neighbor where um, he ordered, had pizza delivery? And I had yeah, to and you, were it. Kind enough to, you were kind enough to pay for it. It, it took two slices, all that stuff. So I talked to him the other day and I says, hey, well, I was talking about you on the podcast. And uh, we talked about the pizza thing. He goes, yeah, yeah. I don't do pizza delivery anymore. <laughs> Is he still your neighbor? He, did he move out? Did he move out? No, he's still the one that had the, that that ordered the pizza that I took two slices from. Still yeah. lives there. He's still there. That's funny. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> the one that I was eating the pizza with is no longer there because his house caught on fire and that is that to be turned down. And then somebody else built another one, so he's gone. He's up in Ohio. Mm. I talked to this week too. It was, it was interesting. Nice. So well, here's a crazy story this week. Uh, so, you know, in my house here in Worcester, I got two different utility companies, one for electricity and one for gas. And gas is how I heat the house. So there's a gas line into the basement and there's a big meter, a big box hanging off the wall in the basement, which is where the band is now. And I've heard for a couple of years that like Eversource is the utility company. Uh, is going to be moving those meters outside the house because they want to be able to check them and not have to have to get into a house to do it, which makes a lot Whatever of sense. And I guess they're scheduling these things over years and who knows. But for a long time, now my from my house to the street, if I live behind a house, it's probably 100 feet. And out at the sidewalk in the street, you could smell natural gas. Like there's a leak somewhere. I've called the company a couple of times over a couple of years around this. And they've dug and they looked and they do it all over and leave. And months later, we're smelling gas again. Ironically, natural gas has no smell. They actually add a scent into it. So you can be smelling gas as a safe. Really? So I get home on Joe's in town this week for one night. And so I saw him Tuesday night and I got home about 1030. I'm driving down my street. And there's utility trucks and flashing lights everywhere and cones out and they got a bulldozer digging and there's a lot of stuff going on. 
must be doing something with that smell. I pull into my house, you know, I'm kind of getting ready to shut it down for the night, taking a shower, getting ready to go to bed. And so now I'm in bed, it's close to midnight, and I'm looking out my, because right from the front of my bed, I can see out a window, which looks right down towards the side yard, front yard, out to the street, flashing lights everywhere. And I have an automatic light. Someone walks by, it's a motion detector light goes on. So that's going on and off, because one of these guys is walking all the way up and down my side yard. I just figure they're not going to need me for this. It's all outside stuff. And so I shut it all off, and I'm going to sleep, and I'm almost asleep. And I hear this, these guys are knocking on my door, it's about 12, 15, and they are knocking on the door like they're trying to shake someone out of bed, which is exactly what they're trying to do. So I was like, I get all dressed, I run downstairs, and so they shut the gas off because there was a leak in the street. Wow. This is a cold night, so now I got no heat. It's, the house is warm, but it's going to go the wrong direction. It's out of my control because I shut the heat off, the gas off at 10 or 11 o'clock, now it's after midnight. And so I'm out in the side yard with like seven people from the utility company. And everyone's got the hard hats they're trying to figure out. So they're going to, they got to fix the leak, but now they're going to take the re, re-pipe my house and move the meter outside. So instead of being scheduled, I was going to do it because they had to fix the repair anyway. So we're looking at different spots. It's cold. I'm in the side yard with these people. It's 12, 30, quarter one. And so they decide, okay, we're going to do it over here. Crawl space. Now we're down in the basement and looking around. We use the crawl space, but the pipe fitter is not going to like it. And the guy with the hard hat's like, I don't care what the pipe fitter wants. That's where it's going. We're going to shut it down tonight. We'll be back tomorrow morning. I finally crawled back into bed about 1.15. It was comfortable because I had a couple of blankets on the bed, but I woke up the next morning and it was 52 degrees in the house. And I know they're coming, hot water heater, so I had enough hot water for a shower. I had to microwave some water for a coffee, and these guys show up um, about 8.30, quarter or 9, and I was getting ready to leave for the day. I got into late. I was going way western mass that day. That's a different crew of guys saying, we can't do the crawl space. It's impossible, and they're trying to figure out where to put it on the side of the house, and they want to, you know, I said, well, I'm putting a porch on the house because we talked about the porch coming off the house. The porch hasn't gotten back on yet, so the construction zone. Guys, like, I could put it right here, six feet off the house, the porch it. Porches can come to here. We'll put the meter right here. Gray box is metal thing. Is just going to hang there in the middle of the air off my porch? He goes, yeah. I go, that's hideous. Like, that's not going to work. And so somebody said, let's go to the other side of the house. For some reason, trying to make less work for them, which is not. So what they ended up doing was, well, they were quick, too. I got to be honest. I was like, when I get home tonight, I'm going to have heat. And they go, you're either going to have heat or we're still going to be here working. Okay. The bulldozer coming off a flatbed up my driveway and in my side yard. And they start digging up the side yard. You've been there from the street all the way back to my house. They dug a big trench, I don't know, two and a half, three feet deep. Then they had a cutter. They had to cut the asphalt driveway. And they put a meter on the garage, on the driveway side of the house. And by the time I got home that night at 9.30, um, here we come. And the hole was filled back in. It's a bit of a mess. New asphalt in the driveway. I walk the house, it's 70 degrees. I'm like, okay, but crazy. Crazy couple days. Wow. So when you went when you went like this, you said two and a half feet. I actually checked it with this meter. You were off on your two and a half feet. You were a little bit off. 
It was more like 28 inches. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, there you go. Now, now I got it. Well, I got to be back here to do that. So here at the bottom. That's it. Let me, let me just check. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's about it. two and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a take. It's a take. Wow. Oh, you know, um, I'm thankful for heat. I've been a realtor for, in, eight, in Florida here for 18 years. I did it for 15 years and I took uh, some time off and I'm back into it. But anyway, it's very rare. I've sold over 300, uh, I think I sold 327 houses. Wow. And I don't think there was a single one that was uh, that had uh, gas. What's the big utility there? How do you heat? Please? Well, electric heat. It, you know, we have the air conditioner with an air handler and that's where the heat comes from. But um, Electric heat. There's very few houses that very few communities that even have gas. Sometimes, like when there's a new community, they put gas in there, but it's very rare. So you know, I've always cooked with electric. I guess it's all regional. How we do different things, you know. You know, when when it comes to cooking, I don't know if you can tell on this video, but uh, I've never never missed a meal. Huh. Even though we don't have gas, I can still eat. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. So remember what I told you about my friend, uh, the new friend uh, that played in the Super Bowl three with Joe Namath and the Jets? Oh, yeah. I couldn't remember his name. His name is Earl Christie. So he wasn't a running back. I think he was a cornerback or something. I don't know, but he was just a, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Awesome. How'd you meet? Well, I have a friend that has a, um, a booth at the flea market here in Oldsmar, and he sells guitars and amplifiers and He's also a real good artist, so he has his own art that he sells. And across from him, there was a guy that was signing a book, like autographs on a book. It was his book. And he had a banner that he was, you know, with the Super Bowl three and the stuff with his picture on there. So he says, hey, you got to go over there and meet Earl. He's a great guy. So I went over to meet Earl and uh, told him a couple of quick jokes, and he really liked him. And then um, he put the, the uh, I told you this before, he put the, my, the Super Bowl ring on my finger. And then he had his arm around me, and my friend took a, a picture with us. Well, and I was talking to the guy, and he's just so cool. I says to him, hey, um, so what do you do now? He says, well, I'm a motivational speaker. And I told him a story about how I used to be a professional speaker. You, you remember that story? Yeah. So anyway, two weeks later, someone went to see my friend again. And he goes, hey, here's my buddy Tony. How you doing? I says, listen, Earl, I can't talk to you anymore. He says, what's the matter? I says, well, you took a picture of me with your arm around me, and you, had the, you put the ring, the Super Bowl ring on my finger. So now my wife thinks that you and I are engaged, and she's she's upset about it. <laughs> he said, "Well, I don't want to mess mess up your marriage, but if if, uh, if you become available, give me a call." Then he's laughed. He's just a, such a funny guy, man. And he's uh, so he wrote a book, and he sells the books and stuff. But every single dollar proceeds from the book go to his foundation. Yes, which is a really cool thing. What's the book called? Ooh. You know it? I don't. I'm sorry. That's all right. Let me do this. What's his? Uh, I'm gonna search. Earl Christie. Earl Christie. Let's see what I can come up with. Let's see if I beat it to it. C-I-S-T-I-E or T-Y? I think it's T-Y. Let's see. Oops, that's not right. So you actually use the Google machine to find stuff, huh? The Google machine. Crusty, not crusty. Christie. Christie, yeah. That's my fat fingers. Well, let's see. I got nothing under that name. Let's see. Let's see here. Real Christy. Ah, you sure this guy exists? Yeah. 
I have a picture of him with his armor on me with my with his ring on my finger, so I know he exists. Earl E A R L Christie C H R I S T. Why? Why? Why I ask you? Why? Why Earl? Why? I got nothing. What's up? Nothing. Nothing. Over here. Well, I know he exists. I've talked to him several times. So when I told my story about the first time I spoke in uh, in public. How I had reversed my, I had uh, rehearsed my speech, how I was going to say it, you know, my voice inflection, the whole deal, my delivery. And as soon as I started talking, two or three people got out and walked out, and a few more got out and walked out, and a few more. And next thing I know, there's only one guy left in the audience. But I knew this, if, if as long as we have, if you have any audience at all, you have to keep keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. So I said to him, sir, I'm sure you realize that everybody else is gone. You're the only one here. Why are you still here? He says, because I'm the next speaker. So when I told Earl that, he said to me, Tony, I would be glad to sit down with you and pay you for you to teach me some of these story, these jokes that you that you tell, like stories, not really jokes, but stories with a punchline. Because I, I don't know how to do those things, and I'd like to learn a few of those to do it when I'm doing, you know, public speaking. I want to be able to have something like that to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. take the monotony and make people smile a little bit. It's, although the key is you kind of have to be yourself and you can't force something that's not you. Humor is a dangerous thing to a speaker. Because if it flops, I vote, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. I don't, you do. I don't tell jokes. You do it really well. But I use a lot of humor anecdotes in what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. Keep an audience engaged and, and lighten up and have them have some fun. But if it misses the mark, disastrous. So, you know, I, I know hundreds of jokes. I don't remember them all, but if somebody says something, it triggers a joke in my mind. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing that I like to do the most is to tell stories. They have an unexpected punchline at the end. Yeah. So I'm telling a, reg- a regular story, and then at the end, I, it, there's a twist, and it's just people it, people get amazed by that because that's not what they're expecting. Yeah. They, didn't know, they, know, they didn't know I was telling a joke. They thought I was just telling a story. And I throw in that little thing at the end. It's like pretty cool. Like, you know, last week when the police came to my house and they're banging the door like crazy. So I says, hey, what's going on? I says, well, we have a report that your dog was chasing a kid on a bike. I said, that's bullshit because my dog doesn't even have a bike. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> See what I mean? There you go. See what I mean? See what I mean? So I want to tell you a story about Rufus Alejandro. Rufus? Last year for Thanksgiving, um... Terry's brother and his wife had both signed up for Facebook like a week before Thanksgiving. Last year? Yeah, so they're trying to fit, uh, maybe it was two years ago, I forget. But anyway, they're trying to figure out which one could get more people, you know, more likes, my more friends on Facebook before <laughs> Thanksgiving. So when I heard that story, I says, oh, I got to do something. So I went out online and I found a picture of a dog, a real nice dog. And I, and I created, tried to create a, a Facebook with a dog to show them that I could get more friends than they could. But you can't what, was just the dog's, what was the dog's name? Well, here's the deal. You, you can't do it unless you have a name. So I had to come up with a name. Right. And then you need an email. So I called the dog Rufus Alejandro. And I went to Gmail and I put the Rufus Alejandro at gmail.com. And I created a profile did. for the dog. Yeah. Alejandro. So naturally, I started, uh, I started looking for people that had dogs on Facebook and inviting them to be friends with Rufus. Right? So then... Um, my brother-in-law and his wife, the ones that were having a competition, I requested friendship from them, so they both became my friends. 
And then at Christmas, at uh, Thanksgiving, I'm sorry, I said, hey, who is this guy, Rufus Alejandro, that uh, you, all you guys know? And he, he says, well, I don't know who that is. Says, well, you're friends with him on Facebook, and so are you, you know. So my other brother-in-law, Terry's other brother, was laughing because he was here when I did that. I says, don't laugh. Your sons are also friends with Rufus Alejandro <laughs> and your daughters, you know. So he says, what? I says, yeah, everybody's friends with this. Who is it? So my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law had no idea who it was. I said, I don't know. I said, well, you're friends with him. He says, well, I don't know. I said, well, I'll tell you who it is. It's something that I made up. And I told him the story how I made up the Rufus Alejandro, and then I started asking friends. I said, and I know you guys each had a, a goal to see which one could get 100 easier or faster. And I started later than you guys did with Rufus Alejandro. It has 250 friends already. You guys don't even have 100. So what does that say about you? <laughs> I just did a search for Rufus Alejandro. There's three of them. No, there isn't. Yes, is there? Come on. <laughs> is is one of them a picture of a dog? No, it's not there anymore. Um, it is. Well, there is a um, no. This is a family, and there's another guy. He has thirty-six followers, and there's one from Arlington, Texas. Wow. He should probably be our next guest on the podcast, don't you think? That's funny, isn't it? So making um, his friends for the birthday wishes, and there's a third one, which. Very conspicuously blank with no pictures. That might be yours. That's so funny. So I was talking to some Alejandro, people. Alejandro, is this something you came up with? You made up a name and said, let's do Rufus Alejandro. The dog looked like a Rufus, and I needed a last name, such as Rufus Alejandro. I just came up with that name. But um, you know how I told you that sometimes in Florida, the easiest way to meet people and to get a conversation going is to ask them, hey, where are you from? Right? So because no one's from Florida? Well, a lot of people, most, most people aren't. So... It's a way to start a communication, you know, he says, oh, I'm Ohio. He says, oh, I have a good friend from Medina, Ohio, you know, Medina. He goes, yeah, yeah. So then you can start talking, and then next thing you know, you, you know, you build a little relationship. So one of the guys asked me, so where are you from? So I said, well, I'm from the Azores. And I told him I was, you know, the Portuguese islands, and the island that I'm from is actually surrounded by water, you know, the whole thing. So anyway. Maria. He says, so where'd you live? He says, I live in Massachusetts, then I lived in Phoenix for three years. Three years. He says, Phoenix, whoa, I always want to go out there. I always want to go to the Grand Canyon. I says, I got to tell you something about the first time I went to Grand Canyon. This is a true story. Uh, friends of mine had the uh, Jeep, so we, then we used to go four-wheeling, so we decided to go four-wheeling. Well, they decided to go four-wheeling, and they went up to Flagstaff, and then they went north and said, you know, we're so close to the Grand Canyon, we should go see it. So they, they went to Grand Canyon, but by the time we got there, it was already getting dark. So here's a story that's amazing to me. I still get shivers when I talk about this. Um... You're not driving it up up a, up a mountain. You're, you're actually on flat land. And when you get to the Grand Canyon, it's six feet, six feet, like a hole that's six feet deep. But we got there, it was already dark, and it was like just a dark void. We couldn't see it. Wow. So we decided to take a nap in the Jeep and wait. You know, wow. So, so then in the morning when we were we were woken, it was because there was three buses that pulled up, you know, with the air brake, right? Yeah. And then the sun, the sun was starting to come up. And... Um, for better terms, I don't know for sure, but that is all the like Japanese tourists, three buses full of, and they all had the tripods and cameras. And when the sun was coming up, I could hear those cameras go, you know, it's amazing, yeah. right? But then as the sun came up and that void, the dark void opened up, and you could see the Grand Canyon, they like a drop for 6,000 feet. It was totally amazing. But here's what, here's what the, the thing that blew my, my mind with that is after the sun was up and they stopped taking the pictures, Three, three, three bus, three busloads of people gave the sun sunrise a standing ovation. 
And really? they, were, they were cheering the sun and stuff, and you know, and it, was, it blew me away. It was such a beautiful thing to see because oh, that's number cool. one, what I was looking at was beautiful to see the, the Grand right. Canyon, but the fact that they liked it so much that they were giving it a standing ovation, I was like, wow. I mean, when I say standing ovation, they were standing anyway, but they were clapping for it, you know, like yeah, yeah. It was just so cool. I like that. Yeah, it was nice. It's funny. I remember it reminded me of a time I was on an airplane flight, big commercial. I forget even where we were going, and we touched down and landed. Everybody applauded the pilot for landing the plane. Yeah, and of course. Applause when you're not expecting it is refreshing, you know, no matter what the situation. I had that happen one time when the, the flight was actually kind of um, a lot of turbulence. So when we landed, everybody cheered too. But it was because it wasn't because we we're happy with the pilot; it was because we made it. <laughs> I should start doing that. Just cheering every time I land a plane. So I watched another video yesterday about, you know, they have these videos where they, uh, what do they call it? They make comments on a video. Somebody's making comments on a video and they put it on YouTube. Yeah, so like a review, or not a review, a reaction. Reaction, reaction yeah. So this guy was doing one of, the, one of those reactions on a, on a, a band that, at the, oh, I, I know what it was. It was uh, One Way Out by uh, the Almond Brothers. And he was telling because he says, you know, you know, because on, on the lyrics, I guess is, Lord, I can't go out there, you know, whatever it is. Now, in the South, when they say Lord, they don't say L-O-R-D, they say L-A-W-D, Lord. Lord. He says that has a different meaning. So it was pretty cool to watch the guy. He was, he was so into that, into the music. He had never heard the Elman Brothers before, but he was so into it. Somebody says, hey, you want to do a, a comment on this on this thing? And he, so he's watching them at um, the live, live show. I forget where it was now, but anyway. So cool to watch, and he had tons of views. So maybe I should do a view, a video of me uh, commenting on our, on our podcast. <laughs> I think Earl Christie should do a review of his podcast. Wow, that's nice, yeah. Whatever. Now, the other thing I want to do is that um, I want to talk to you about this Zig Ziglar thing that you're trying to do, the presentation where you can have Zig doing... Uh, you remember that you're talking about that but then you, you're playing videos of him saying what you're talking about yeah. i think it's gonna be good yeah i gotta um i spend uh because i have now matrixes for my speaking business so i'm spending about an hour a week and um i can focus down and hone in a little bit because i haven't done much there yet except for just it's in i haven't started the formula yet but i, I think it'd be kind of cool hmm and I'm not too concerned about, you know, licensing and using, because quite frankly, you know, the best thing can happen to me is be sued by the Zig Ziglar Corporation. Well, no, I think if I look at those things that do those those videos that I was just talking about, I'm sure they didn't get permission to do that. Right. True. Um, you know, and... Uh, so, so there's, are you a fan of the band Tool? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I don't, I don't know all that stuff, but what I've heard, I liked I think I'm like you. Like I don't. I got a lot of it in my. I haven't listened, but the two guys I play with, especially Barry, who you know, huge fans. I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. Because nobody sounds like that. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but they have a new album out last year, which was insanely good. There's a song on it called Numa. P N E U M A. And there was one particular reaction video. Of these two guys. It's very efficient. Like, and they get a nice backdrop of like a city lights. So this is a reaction video to the song. And it was so good. This one guy couldn't, he actually just had to like 
get up and walk away. He was, it was it's so fun to watch it, but great music. So I would check that one out too. You got a lot of music to listen to. You got Joseph Williams. Yeah. I need to text you that. You already write it down. I already wrote it down. All right, good. We'll Never saw here. you coming. Never saw you coming. So talk about that. You said the tool, nobody sounds like tool. You know, I play in a cover cover band, you know, see the thing over there, Oyster Bone? Yeah. So people know the songs that we play because, you know, we play covers and stuff. But people say, man, you guys don't sound like sound anything like the band that did that song originally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a compliment I, or not. I don't think that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so today we did the thing a little early because I told you I need to get out of the house because Terry's doing a yeah, class. you got a hard stop. you got to get moving. I got a hard stop. Yeah, I'm gonna go. But this was I'm fun. Going Christmas, I'm going Christmas shopping with my, my, my friend David today. I got to go meet him. Christmas shop. We're actually going out to the Treehouse Brewing Company, which is one of the larger microbreweries in the area. Yeah, but don't spend too much on my gift. It's it's not you know it's not a big deal. I understand. I do. I know you do. <laughs> my gift to you. My gift to you is a lavalier microphone for me to use on my end. Now, when you watch this one. When this plays back and you watch it, you'll see what I mean. You're cutting off a lot today. And it's funny because on my end, you cut off a little bit on me on your audio. So we'll see. We'll okay. see what ends up in the final product. But then when we put the video up, you'll see that uh, I never cut out. We'll see. But you do. Oh, we'll see. Sounds <laughs> like a competition. To our viewers and listeners, uh, it's only going to get better. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. Yeah. What he said. All right, Mike. You're the best, buddy. Have a great day. Enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Thank you. Take and by care. the way, Yo. I, did, I did make sure that it was recording today, so we recorded it. Outstanding and terrific. Yeah, that's my job from now on. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll see you, pal. if we don't record this, what happens? <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> talk to you soon. All right, man, see you. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>